Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yeah, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Sports Day WA for another week. Peter Vlahos with you. Thanks to Hayes and Mardo for the run home. And congratulations to Damian Martin. And what was a fantastic day yesterday. I know the boys covered it in depth on the run home, but a special moment for Damian Martin and his family with his mum and dad, of course, coming over as well. Great to have your company. Gee, I had a look at the Perth weather forecast just before I came into the studio, and we thought maybe last week was fairly hot. Get a load of this. This is the forecast for Perth for the next week. And let me tell you, it's going to be uh, very, very warm indeed as I just basically get it up. But this is the forecast from the Bureau of Meteorology, and we're looking at the following temperatures. Tomorrow, it's going to be 32 and sunny. It's up to 36 on Wednesday. 39 on Thursday, then 40 on Friday, 41 on Saturday, and 40 on Sunday. So it's going to be very, very oppressive, the heat. It's going to be quite madness. And I believe it's going to continue into the early part of next week as well. So we've got a week of temperatures well over the old 100-degree Fahrenheit reading. So uh, just be prepared for that and make sure you take precautions as of now, because the first of the hot summer days are likely to hit around about Wednesday and continue until early of next week. Just updating the cricket, a win for India in the five-test series being played in India. They won by 106 runs over England. So all of a sudden, uh, the series is level now at one all. They do play a five-test series, England and India, there in India. So we uh, will... Follow that uh, series with interest. And really, from a WA point of view, it's not looking too good at the Wacker. You'd think that New South Wales are in the box seat to win that. New South Wales need 143 runs to win with nine second innings wickets in hand. Uh, WA were dismissed in their second innings for 176. And chasing down that total for victory, 143 runs still to get. Uh, New South Wales are one for 39 at the Wacker. Well, let's uh, firstly go out to uh, a Channel 10 reporter who's right on the job when it comes to sport happening in Perth. Uh, we talk about Ashley Nelson. She's part of the Network 10 sporting team out of Perth. She was down at West Coast Eagles training this morning. We've heard about uh, the mishaps uh, for Jack Darling and Jermaine Jones, and we believe there's also a question mark over a gentleman who's been, as I read at the weekend on social media, on the back page of the West Australian 25 times. It's gone past the point of being ridiculous. But anyway, Ashley Nelson uh, from 10 News First joins us on the program now. Ash, thanks for your time. I almost feel nervous talking about him now. How are you? <laughs> it's just crazy, the profile that this kid has had. We know he's going to be an outstanding talent. There's no... Uh, begrudging that. He's going to be a star of the future for the West Coast Eagles, but he still hasn't kicked the ball in anger in a points game in the AFL, yet all this publicity. And I gather every time, Ash, you go down to Mineral Resources Park, you and, of course, the other media outlets, uh, he is the focus of the camera people as well. Yeah, it is interesting, and I agree that sometimes there's been a, 
a large amount of pressure sort of put on Harley Reid, and I guess he is under the microscope as to whether or not he is as good as what they've all said during that sort of draft year. But I can assure you that during the match, Sim, when he's going head-to-head with the likes of Elliot Yeo and even Luke Shuey, who, you know, we know was such a formidable force over a number of years, he really is a standout during match, Sim. So as much as it kind of pains me to report on it sometimes, knowing how much attention he gets and hasn't really kicked a ball just yet, he is showing a lot of promising signs and it'll be interesting just to see how West Coast Eagles progress with Harley Reid and where they play him. Um, in the past, Adam Simpson has said that they'll play him in a bit more of a defensive role moving into the midfield. Um, but when you take a look at the number of defenders that are all vying for positions in the back line at the moment, I just wonder whether or not Harley Reid will spend a bit more time through the midfield than what we're sort of anticipating at the moment. But uh, as you mentioned, um, this morning headed down and had a bit of a look and you know, no good for Jack Darling and Jermaine Jones of course, Jack Darling with that hamstring, which they've said is relatively minor. So should be out for a couple of sessions, much like what Tim Kelly was the other day and Jermaine Jones groin soreness. So no estimated timeline on his return. But was just keeping an eye on Harley Reid, who was uh, expected to have a bit of a shorter session anyway, along with the first years. He was managing their load, but he did pull out of the main session a little bit earlier. You could just see him gesturing towards the top of his legs, um, particularly sort of the ITB quad area. Once he went over into the rehab group, did a couple of run-throughs and then headed inside to uh, the room. So maybe one to watch, perhaps a bit of soreness. Um, like we said, he is a first-year player, hasn't played a game yet, probably still trying to get up to the load of um, being under heavy training, but uh, might be one to watch over the next couple of days as to how much Harley Reid does. Mm, interesting. Uh, Ash Nelson right on the spot from uh, 10 News First. Ash, how are you reading the West Coast Eagles leading into this new season? People are now starting to talk about them, even on my program here on Sports Day. A lot of the Eagles faithful are seeking an improvement and a run up the ladder to a certain degree. Others are suggesting that they'll still finish Wooden Spoon. How have you read the vibe around the camp so far pre-season? Yeah, we're having this discussion today, a couple of us that were just sort of watching on, and I think a large part of it is, is whether or not they can get their experienced players on the park and whether or not they can stay on the park throughout uh, the season. So obviously the last couple of years they've had a pretty tough run with injury and it certainly has impacted the group. But if you've got the likes of Elliot Yo. um Tim Kelly, um, Oscar Allen, Tom Barris being able to play majority of the games, uh, Jeremy McGovern, another one. Uh, I think that you'll see the West Coast Eagles have a better, uh, better result than what they had last year. And then they can continue to support those young guns that are coming through. There are a couple of younger players as well that have been better for the experience. Ruben Jimby showing really good signs. He's uh, put on a fair bit of weight, uh, especially through the, the shoulders as well. So he's looking pretty tough to beat. Uh, and Hoff in the back line as well, I think, is shaping up perhaps a fairly significant year as well in terms of development. So I suspect the West Coast Eagles obviously probably won't be pushing for top eight, but I think maybe sort of uh, midway, they might jump a couple of spots up from being seller dwellers, in my opinion. Okay, I was going to ask you for your opinion because I'm going to throw it out to our listeners now. And this has been my comeback for people that suggest they may climb two or three rungs up the AFL ladder. Which club will finish below them? Because I can't really find a club... I think North Melbourne will improve. I think Hawthorne will improve. I think Gold Coast will improve. I'm just thinking, which clubs could possibly finish below 
the West Coast Eagles Nick, oh, this season being 2024. Ash reckons I'll probably climb maybe a couple of rungs up the ladder. I'd love to hear from you. Get on the temperate bedshed text machine 0487 736 736 uh, and uh, give us your thoughts on who could possibly finish underneath the Eagles uh, this season. Uh, question without notice. Ash, who do you feel? Is there a couple that may finish under the West Coast? Potentially Hawthorne, I think they might sort of struggle to, to jump up too much. Um, I, it's, it's kind of hard to actually tell when you're not really attending many yeah. sessions from uh, other other clubs. But I just think that there wasn't much in between North Melbourne, West Coast last year. So potentially if they get those games across the line, they might jump up a couple. And, you know, a good Elliot Yo, a healthy Elliot Yo, and the signs that he's showing... Um, I think that those close games, which they actually held on St Kilda, for example, um, that they just fell to last year, they might have a couple of those go their way. So, good question. Maybe Hawthorne. And good answer. And good answer, Ash Nelson. uh, If you want to see Perth's best TV uh, sports bulletin, just flick on to 10 News first. Ash Nelson there, Lockie Reid, Steve Allen, they do a great job. Thanks for joining us, Ash, and we'll keep in touch. Thanks, Peter. Cheers. Good on you. Ash Nelson with the latest there from the West Coast Eagles. Uh, So who's going to finish below West Coast if they're going to evade their second wooden spoon in a row? Get on the Tempera Bedshed text machine. Come on, let me know. 0487 736 736. Now, Lisa, I remember last week from Ellenbrook, who's a regular on Sports Day, suggested they could climb as high, I think it was a 10 or 11 lease. So there's going to be a lot of teams or a lot of clubs under the West Coast Eagles if uh, that's the case. Uh, on the Tempera Bedshed text machine, uh, this is from Roy, who's been busy already. Happy New Year, Peter. Longer holidays than school teachers. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, that's referring to us because we came back on January the 29th. Thoughts which first game at Optus this year will have a bigger crowd, Eagles or Dockers? I've got to have a look, actually, at the fixtures. I haven't got it close at hand who the Eagles are playing and who the Dockers are playing. I think it'll be the Eagles, I must admit. They had a... And we are talking about it just before we came on air. I was totally impressed by the attendances last year, considering the type of year they were having the West Coast Eagles. And it was quite impressive. And correct me if I'm wrong, I reckon when things go badly, it's possibly the Dockers supporters that may vacate before the Eagles supporters. I'm only saying that because what I witnessed last year... If I was a supporter and kept coming along and seeing the West Coast Eagles capitulate at home, sometimes by 100-plus point margins, would you really bother fronting up if you're a, a true supporter? Yes, you would. But there's a lot of fringe supporters that come when things are good and don't come when things are bad. And I've just got a feeling after what I saw last year, the West Coast Eagles are happy to uh, be there through thick and thin. The Dockers play Brisbane round one, so that's going to be a big game. Uh, But Brisbane haven't got a huge Perth supporter base, have they? They've got a fair one, but not a huge one. Then the Eagles play GWS, and that's the next home game, round two. And as we know, the Giants don't have a huge supporter base. So on that judgment, I reckon it'll be pretty close. Yeah, I reckon it'll be pretty close. Jimmy agrees with me. And I reckon the attendances will be probably in the low 40,000s for people in the first two home games, one for the respective clubs uh, in rounds one and two. Uh, By the way, uh, Richmond, according to Roy, will finish below the West Coast Eagles. Richmond, 
That's very interesting, Roy. We'll have to wait and see. Get on the temperate bedshed text machine. Love to hear from you. 0487 736 736. Or you can get onto the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. We're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. They've been serving WA for uh, over 45 years. And uh, the weekend review, look out for the sunrise, enjoy local services. Well done to the Aussies in the One Day International. We'll touch on that in a moment. And also, as we mentioned at the top of the program, well done Damien Martin with that uh, 53 jersey now hanging aloft there at RAC Arena and will be immortalised for all the years to come when uh, when you talk about the Perth Wildcats. Unfortunately, on court yesterday... They went too flash, but everything was certainly exciting off court with uh, Damien Martin. We'll take a break. We'll come back after the break. Don't go away. Love to hear from you on the Tempera Bedshed text machine or the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. Connor, let's roll the ads. It's 13 past five. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Welcome back to Sports Day WA here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Let's go to the Scarborough Toyota Osmond Park Open Line, 13, 12, 55. And Michael joins us from Up. Hello, Michael. How are you going? I'm well. Thanks for calling the program. What would you like to talk about, your beloved uh, Eagles? I, oh, yeah. Everyone's got a short memory. They reckon the Eagles weren't going to win a game in 2018. They won the grand final. They weren't going to win a game in 2018. I'm not sure of that, Michael. Yes, yes, they did. Even all the commentators on the um, show said that they would not win a game. They end up winning the grand final. Yeah, I think you're talking about Robert Walls. Remember Robert Walls went out on a limb pre-season saying they would have a shocking season and could end at the bottom of the AFL ladder. And, of course, he's never been able to live that down. But certainly Robert Walls said that. I agree. I'm not sure a lot of people actually shared his thoughts. But, Michael, that's what you're referring to, and you make a very good comment. How do you think they'll go this year? I reckon they'll go pretty well. Where do you think they'll finish? I reckon close to the top eight. All right. Uh, good on you, Michael. Well, you'll be happy with that, and certainly a lot of the Eagles fans will be happy with that as well. So, Michael, are the expectations too high? That's the other question, West Coast Eagles fans, that like Michael, that expect them to finish fairly lofty after what was a tough year last year. Are the expectations for the Eagles, a bit high in 2024. Some are saying it'll be hard for them to leave the 18th rung of the ladder. And I've thrown the question out, if they do leave the 18th rung of the ladder, who are going to be the clubs that will finish below them? And the other thing is, are the expectations by some supporters maybe a bit over the top? Love to hear your thoughts on that. Norman Cowell says, G'day, Pete. The way the Eagles' injury list is travelling, I can't see any team finishing below West Coast. So that's Norm, and he's been on the temper at Bedshed text machine with his thoughts. All right, as we do on a Monday, we always get into the top five at five. It's a very popular segment, and it's all brought to you by Novus. Uh, and there's a Novus Auto Glass near you, 13-22-34. The top five big stories from the last day or so. Sentimental. 
And a lot of other people in this country are just as sentimental, and there's nothing they'd like better than to see Apollo Creed give a local Philadelphia boy a shot at the greatest title in the world on this country's biggest birthday. Now, that's the way I see it. And that's the way it's going to be. Number five. Hello, everyone. Today is an incredibly sad day for me. I mean, I've, I'm so torn up, I can't even tell you. I'm just trying to hold it in because Carl Weathers was such an integral part of my life, my success, everything about it. I, I give him incredible credit and kudos because when he walked into that room and I saw him for the first time, I saw greatness, but I didn't realize how great. I never could have accomplished what we did with Rocky without him. He was absolutely brilliant. His voice, his size, his power, his athletic ability, but more importantly, his heart, his soul. It's, it, it's a horrible loss. And I'm standing here in front of this painting because it was probably the last moment we were ever in the ring together and I'll never forget it. He was magic. And I was so fortunate to be part of his life. So, Apollo, keep punching. Nicely said by Sylvester Stallone. Before that, uh, you heard from Carl Weathers uh, from one of the Rocky films. He he was an, an American actor, as we know, a director, and also an NFL football player. His role of Apollo Creed was in the first four Rocky films between 1976 and 1985, and then he went to play on movies like Predator and Happy Gilmore, but he was an outstanding sports person as well. He played college football initially for the San Diego State Aztecs before playing professionally as a linebacker. He joined the Oakland Raiders of the NFL after going undrafted in the 1970 NFL draft, and after two seasons with the Raiders, he then went on to play uh, gridiron with the Canadian Football League. An outstanding actor, certainly in the Rocky films, and a very, very good uh, footballer, as we term it, gridiron here, but uh, football in the United States of America. Rest in peace, Carl Weathers, at the age of 76. Number four. Oh, God, lovely weight on that. Here's the opportunity for Arsenal. What a save, Alisson. Saka! 13 minutes in. On this enormous... Day at the Emirates. Down to Burke, looking for Diaz. Saliba holding him up. Oh, 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 danger and it's in! Luis Diaz has forced it through somehow. Saliba may be too casual. And Dyke's going to judge this one. Oh, what a mistake! Martinelli receives a gift wrapped goal. And if the goal Arsenal conceded in the first half was calamitous. What has Alison Becker and Virgil van Dijk done here? This is Trossard. He has bamboozled Harvey Elliott there. Now, can he pick the pass? He goes for the Trossard wins the match surely now for Arsenal. Look at Mikel Arteta go. Yes, the 200th league head-to-head -head meeting between the Giants, Arsenal and Liverpool saw the Gunners run out 3-1 winners to end their three-game winless run against the Reds. And more importantly, really tighten the EPL race now. Arsenal, who faltered at the uh, final hurdle last year, 
to be overtaken by Manchester City are now in second place, two points behind the Reds. They're 49 points. Uh, Liverpool still lead on 51. And then it's Man City on 46, who have got two less games played. Aston Villa and Tottenham. A big win in front of 60,000 people at the Emirates last night for the Gunners. And our breakfast producer, Chris Clefunas, will be a very happy man today. Number three. Full of pitch. Abbott has a big dig at this. Has it gone the whole way? Yes, it has. Sean Abbott delivers with a six. And a timely six it was too. If they want to post a, a bigger score than what they would be aiming for at the moment. Well, Abbott has aimed for the members and he's got there. Joseph into Abbott. He just chips it back over the bowler's head. He'll pick up a single. That's your half century. Zampa scampers back for a second. Good running, good batting and a timely innings from Sean Abbott. Shepard with Abbott waiting. Swinging full toss. Got it straight out of the screws and over the fence. Second ball. Slower delivery. Probably a bigger hit. It's high in the air. Back-to-back sixes for Sean Abbott. Here's Abbott full, nicked, caught behind by Inglis. And Sean Abbott, as he's done so many times at this ground for New South Wales and the Sydney Sixers, he strikes for Australia. Oddly's got to go for eight. Sean Abbott comes in from the Paddington end. Edged and taken by Josh Inglis. Carty. The main man at the first match at the MCG, Sean Abbott. He now has two for 15 in his sixth over. So two balls remaining, nine overs after this one. Oh, that's an unbelievable catch. Goodness me, Cameron Green, he's been doing it in the gully all summer. That one pushed off the hip by Roston Chase. It looked like it was going to log on for a single. And it's full legs, low to his left. That is an unbelievable catch. Um, George called me probably a week or two ago. Um, obviously, Nathan Ellis had a sore rib. So, um, yeah, knew about a week before I was coming into the squad. So, um, switched from the red ball to the white ball pretty quickly and pulled my legs back a little bit in the nets. Um, but, yeah, I didn't have much time to think about it, which probably worked in my favour. And um, I had good reassurance from the selectors that I was going to play one, maybe two games as well. So, that all sort of helps to settle the nerves and... Um, yeah, great to, to get out there tonight. Yeah, late heroics there from Sean Abbott. He helped Australia to build a strong total in the second ODI against the West Indies yesterday. But what about the spectator? He copped a nasty blow in the process. Did you see that? The ball was hit out of the ground. He's put his hands in front of his face. The ball has missed his hands and gone fair income flush on into his forehead. And in, uh, no doubt it was a nasty blow. Managing getting hit by a cricket ball flush on in the forehead. There is a shot of the spectator. He's very much taped up around the forehead. He'd have a nasty bruise and a serious lump and also a bit of claret uh, on his face after yesterday's encounter. But back to Abbott. All-rounder hit 69 off tw- uh, 63 deliveries and he helped uh, Australia to 9 for 258 and in the end he also took three wickets with the ball. It was a sterling performance by Sean Abbott in front of his home crowd at the SCG. Number two. I don't know if it's about being tempted. I think it's just whether or not it's a, a part of the, the game plan. And, um, you know, I think uh, I was just asked the question upstairs. You, how would you feel if you ended your career without being at Ferrari? And honestly, um, when you're part of Mercedes, you are part of a family for a lifetime, providing you stay with them, obviously. If you look at, um, you've you got uh, Sterling Moss, you've got... Uh, 
you know, even Fanjo is still honored within the family. So it's, it's, um, and then you, you're, you're part of their history and they look after you for the rest of your life. So that's important to me. Loyalty is a very, very key part. But if there's a point in my life where I need to decide I want to change, then that potentially could be an option. But I don't know if that is at the moment. Well, it has happened because in 2025, uh, the seven-time Formula One world champion Lewis Hamilton will be joining the Scudetta Ferrari team. Uh, he says, I feel incredibly fortunate after achieving things with Mercedes that I could only have dreamed of as a kid, but I have now got the chance to fulfil another childhood dream, driving in the Ferrari Red. Uh, Lewis Hamilton, his final season with Mercedes before going to the Red Ferrari. Number one. It was brilliant. It was absolutely remarkable. As silly as it sounds, just the simplicity of three, two, one, and it dropped. When it dropped, I saw it, and it was probably the first time it's all felt real, because prior to that, I haven't really wanted to think about it, even though we were talking about it a lot. So every time I actually tried putting time aside to potentially write a, a thank you script or a speech, I was like, no, no, just not doing it, not doing it, and then I'll try and do it, not, not doing it, similar to when I was going to retire. For whatever reason, I could not get myself in the mindset to sit down and dedicate time to it. And it resulted in two things. One, me being completely unprepared, but just loving that moment with my wife, kids, everyone there, and the Red Army. And two, I went the whole speech without thanking probably the most important people in regards to making the day possible, the Perth Wildcats. I actually had to steal the microphone back from Lockyer. So oh, hang on, sorry. Uh, thank you to Hutchie. Thank you to the former owners. Thank you to the Perth Wildcats, the organisation for taking a chance on me all those years ago. But no, it was, it was a good day. I'm glad it's done, but I'm not lying. Every time I walk into the arena and see it next to Sean Redditch's number, it will put a smile on my face. Ah, good on you, Damo. And I know it was a, a very, very special occasion Yesterday at RAC Arena, it's been a special occasion since it was announced with the likes of Sean Redditch coming into the studio a few weeks ago to basically spill the beans on Damien Martin. We had the family in here. He was taken by surprise. He even got emotional. Uh, it was in November, actually, and he shed a tear here in the studio. We saw it. Uh, he had his kids here, a couple of his uh, little kids here, and He's got uh, three daughters, uh, Damien Martin, and his lovely wife was here. It was a special moment. We've ridden the wave here at SEN. It's, it's great that he's part of the SENWA team. He's one of the most likeable guys I think I have ever met, and that just resonates right throughout the community, hence the huge crowd that turned out to RAC Arena yesterday uh, to see what was a special moment for Damien Martin and a special moment for the Perth Wildcats, and we tip our hat to Damien Martin. It was richly deserved. But he's back doing the business today with uh, Paul Hazelby doing the run home and be back doing the business again tomorrow between 3 and 5. OK, on the Tebra Bedshed text machine, 0487 736 736. West Coast to finish bottom two, according to Merv of Ellenbrook. Uh, there you go. Norm says, in colour, don't think the Waffle West Coast will fare any better. They will finish bottom. So there you go. Pete from Darren. The biggest problem with cricket today heading to the summer sport is all the players who are unavailable to the state sides. Used to be if you were not in the 12, you played back at your state to get form. They played more than that what they do today. Yes, it's all about sports science. It's all about management of the body. It's all making sure that bowlers don't break down. Uh, it's changed a lot. And sports science has played a big part in making sure that there's longevity 
uh, with cricketers, with sports people these days, particularly cricketers and particularly fast bowlers, as you see with the ODI, uh, the three-pronged pace attack, Stark, Cummins and Hazelwood have all been rested because of the work rate that they've had to endure uh, over the Australian summer in the series against Pakistan, the West Indies, and, of course, before that as well. I see that... um, Taylor Swift got a Grammy this morning and she took the opportunity in receiving her Grammy Award to announce she's got a brand new album coming out in April. Now, the big question is, and I went and saw a couple of people today that are going to the Super Bowl. Tim Sieber and the team at Cinepec are going to see the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. And I was wondering how much attention, because she's going to be there with Travis Kelsey to cheer on the Chiefs as they try and take out Super Bowl 58. She'll be in uh, Tokyo performing quickly onto the probably chartered flight. It'll probably be her plane all the way back to Las Vegas. Watch the Super Bowl back on the plane, down under to Melbourne. And the big question is, the NFL season's over. Taylor's going to be in Melbourne. Could Travis maybe come with Taylor to Melbourne and be in Australia. Won't that be a circus? Won't that be a circus for the media? (laughs) Let me tell you. I reckon, and I reckon that'll happen. I reckon that'll happen. I reckon because of all the flying that uh, Taylor's done, these two are very much in love. Everybody's waiting for the big announcement. When will Travis pop the question? Is that I reckon he's going to come down here to Australia and be present at Taylor Swift's concerts in Melbourne and Sydney. All right. We're going to take a break. Come back with more on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Give us your thoughts on the West Coast Eagles. Get you, give us your thoughts on anything to do with sport. Temperate Bedshed text machine 0487 736 736. And also uh, the Scarborough Toyota open line 13 12 55. This is Sports Day WA. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV. Captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. And, of course, our top five at five uh, that you heard before the break happens every Monday right here on Sports Day WA. Thanks to uh, Novus Auto Glass. Don't let your old windscreen end up as landfill. Call Novus Auto Glass 13 34. As I mentioned, we're in for an absolute scorching week commencing Wednesday, 36 degrees. Then we've got three days in the 40s consecutively at the moment, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And here's just a quick community update. Thanks to Firecoat. Be alert and prepared this bushfire season. And this is going to be quite horrific this next week, so we've got to be careful. Stay up to date on all bushfire warnings online with the Department of Fire and Emergency Services. Visit dfes.wa.gov.au. And this community update is thanks to New Fire Coat, the first paint proven to protect property in high-risk fire conditions available at Bunnings Warehouse. Now... A lot of people are looking forward to the WWE that is coming to town later this month. Keep listening to Sports Day WA for some significant news uh, regarding that event, okay? That's all I'm saying for the time being. We're here for Tool Mart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. Just on the Tempera uh, bedshed text machine before we go to our next special guest. Hi, Pete and the team. Come on, Norm. They're in Cal. 
be a little bit more positive on the Eagles. The Eagles can't afford to get any more injuries, which is going on with these hamstrings. Jack Darling, the latest, not enough stretching. <laughs> I don't know, at least. Eagles should win at least 10 to 12 games. 10 to 12, Lise. Say that again. Uh, say, I'll say it again. 10 to 12, Lise. Now, Lise, your expectations are very, very high here. Uh, and there's no way they will be bottom. And great day for Marto and the family yesterday with Marto having his jumper retired. It was just a shame the boys didn't get it done on the court. And Pete, I can't believe how rough and undisciplined the basketball has become. And the umpires miss a lot, which doesn't help. Agree, Jimmy? You were there yesterday. Um, okay, the refereeing wasn't that good, in co- according to Jimmy. Okay, Lise, but 10 to 12 wins? I'm not sure. And there was another win for the Perth Glory, and it was a dramatic game on Friday night, and the crowd loved it. Uh, the Glory came from a mile back to record a famous 4-2 victory against Melbourne City. That little burst helped. Now Daniel Benny. And it's 3-2. Adam Taggart, no taking that one off him. Glory have turned this around 180 degrees in 180 seconds. Williams can launch a counter here. Glory have got the numbers. Fresh legs. Anasmo and Ivanovic. Anasmo, what a way to mark his debut! Joel Anasmo sends Perth into Raptures! Joel Anasmo in his debut A-League game. What a way to celebrate. It was a huge comeback by the Glory. And now they've gone three games without defeat, two wins and a draw. And uh, they are starting to get a bit of momentum now in the second half of the season. A man that has been responsible in some ways uh, for the Glory this season has been John Katrumbas, who's been in very good form, the Perth Glory defender. He's been one of their star performers, uh, win, loss or draw, and again, showed his wares defensively on Friday night. John, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Peter. Pleasure to be on here. Good on you, mate. Joel and Asmo, that was a big moment. No doubt you celebrated with him after the full-time whistle on Friday night. Absolutely. Um, it was a, a good a good goal to top off a, a debut performance. You know, it's always exciting for these young boys training really hard throughout the week and getting their chances on the weekend. It certainly was. Tell us about the turnaround in the last two or three games. Uh, you've won two, drawn one, and in the end, things slowly but surely are looking up for the Perth glory. Is there a general feeling now in the camp that maybe the second half of the season could be a promising one? Absolutely. I mean, I can say from the, the inside, I mean, when the odds are against you, Majority of the time, you know, you find something that's underlying and unconsciously in the background, you know, and as a collective, if we all tap into that sort of, you know, that unconscious belief and energy throughout the game on the weekends, you know, anything's possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think anything, uh, and I think being the underdogs, you know, just fuel, is just fuel to the fire. It was an outstanding performance on Friday. Uh, I spoke to Mark Beavers, actually, uh, at the function, because I host the chairman's function for the glory, and I spoke to Mark Beavers, who came up to the stage. His knee was in a brace, but he feels confident, uh, the co-captain, that he could return by uh, the end of February, and that's an important time for him to come back as you try and push for what many people consider 
an unlikely finals berth. Is that still the aim? Absolutely. We're going we're gonna to strive to get as high up on the ladder as possible. And, you know, with bees coming back sooner than expected is great. Uh, it just adds quality and value to the squad and it gives the, the boss more choices for the weekend. When you look at it, people thought, what are you talking about, Peter, that they could play in the finals? As we know, it's a top six <laughs> in the A-League. And at the moment, Melbourne City, who the Glory defeated on Friday night, sit in sixth position. Glory are in 11th position, but you're only six points away, that is two games away, from Melbourne City. And when you look at it, 15 rounds are being played. The season runs 27. So there's still plenty of time, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's not uh, It's not over to the fat lady things, I guess. Um, but going off last year, you know, we had a late push for the final and we only missed out by three points. Um, but in saying that, looking back at last year, we had majority of our games at the end of the season, in the second half of the season, should I say. So mm-hmm. home ground advantage is just the more I play in Perth, for Perth, the more I understand how how important it is playing in front of crowds at HBF Park. It, it, it almost feels like a fortress. It, it, the cliche is it's our 12th man, you know, and yeah. it, it, it just simply is. Oh, speaking to someone today, John, okay, your waveform up until the last couple of weeks where, you, of course, you beat the Western Sydney Wanderers, a former club that you played with uh, before coming to the Perth Glory and you took a draw with MacArthur. But prior to that, the away form was diabolical. But, as I said, I was speaking to someone today, and every game this season at HBF Park has provided something. It's been entertaining, there's been goals, and your form hasn't been too bad at home. No, I mean, it's funny, because I laugh about it, with uh, especially with my parents. Even if we're 1-0, 2-0 down, you know, you know at HBF Park, there's always something that's going to happen. And, um, yeah, I, I guess that's the stigma now, you know. We we love playing at home. Um, we actually had a laugh with the boys today about a, a funny fact with, I think it's behind Central Coast, that we've scored the second and most amount of goals in the league but conceded the most, you know. So um, we, we just had a bit of a laugh about it today, mm. uh, which is bizarre. It's a bizarre stat because... I think it's only one game that we've only been kept at nil, which was uh, Wanderers 2-0 away. And, you know, we had our chances that game, but we weren't going to mm. detail. Just regarding the Western Sydney Wanderers, have you caught uh, Mark uh, Rudin's rant after the game against MacArthur on the weekend? I, I did see briefly, yes. Gee, he got fired up, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he definitely shows... Uh, He's definitely old school in that sense. <laughs> How much have you enjoyed, just judging by the way you're playing? And I can honestly say, putting my hand up now, you'd be one of the contenders for the MGP. You've had a very consistent oh, and a very good season. But how much have you enjoyed it? And how much have you enjoyed having Alan Stadjic as your coach? Yeah, it's. Um, I'm, I think it just reflects onto the pitch, you know. Uh, really enjoying his his philosophy and talks talks a lot about hard work and and um, all the non-negotiables, which, you know, I base my game around. So we can sort of find common ground there. Um, but apart from that, what he brings with uh, his coaching staff as well, you know, it, it it's just it's clarity amongst the team. And, you know, you can see it. Even the boys that don't start and that come on, you have they know exactly what to do. 
So it's attention to detail, and yeah, I, I'm just simply loving the football. Yeah, a bit of a freeze actually uh, on the glory because of uh, no ownership at the moment, but I believe there could be some news this week regarding the ownership of the glory. How difficult has it been for the playing group knowing that your squad is getting smaller and smaller? As we know, Luke Ivanovic, uh, who was on loan, uh, won't continue with the club. Has it been difficult to see some players there at the start of the season now, unfortunately, because of the circumstances, no longer there? Yeah, it is. It, it is difficult in a sense that you know you you create um, good bonds with these players, you know, and it's unfortunate for them to to see them go. But you, you got to think from you know a personal point of view, it's probably the best thing that they think is for their career, and you can't really judge them for making decisions like that. So um, yeah, no bad no bad blood for the players that have left. You know, it's always it's always sad to see them go, but you always wish them the best for the future. Yeah, well spoken. John, thanks for joining us. Uh, continued good form for yourself individually. And let's hope you get the points against the Adelaide uh, United side this weekend before you come home the following week. And let's hope it's uh, up and up for the Perth glory from here that's, on in. Thanks for your time. That, that's, that's it. Thank you very much, Peter. Thanks for having me. Good on me. you. John Katrumbus uh, joining us here on the program. Uh, on Sports Day WA, uh, we'll be back with more after the break. Epic has arrived. The Kia EV9, a groundbreaking all-electric large SUV, captivating appearance with state-of-the-art design. And Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Let's get our sports news headlines before we go. Thanks to Tyre Power. Visit your local Tyre Power store today for a free tyre safety inspection. And there are over 50 stores across WA. Just we mentioned uh, we had Ashley Nelson on the program from uh, Channel 10 News First. Network 10 News First. That's the name of the news service, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, More injury concerns for West Coast. Jack Darling, Jermaine Jones. And it appears that uh, the star performer... Uh, who, as we know, has been on the back page of the West Australian 25 times already. Harley Reid uh, didn't complete the session, but I'm pretty sure it might be just precautionary, but wait and see what happens. I'll tell you what I found interesting is... Uh, is it on the list? Maybe it's not on the list. Uh, well, let's play Jason Kelsey, Kelsey, who is, I think, uh, possibly Taylor Swift's future father-in-law. Travis Kelsey's dad about the attention around Taylor Swift heading into the Super Bowl. The attention's there because the the audience wants to see it. I mean, if it if people didn't want to see it, they wouldn't be showing it. I know that. So I think uh, you know she's a world star. Um, uh, uh, she's the 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 quintessential you know artist right now in the world singer songwriter immensely talented an unbelievable role model for young women uh across the globe so i think that um the nfl would probably be foolish not to um you know show her and and show what um you know be a role model for for all the young girls out there if they'll be showing her don't worry don't worry the host broadcast will be showing her every five minutes the other thing that i found interesting is that peter volandis uh, was interviewed by Phil Rothschild, who's one of the leading uh, scribes when it comes to rugby league, uh, just the uh, other day, and quickly said this about the return of the North Sydney Bears. Have a quick listen. 
everywhere I go, that's the question I get, when are you bringing back the bears? I never realised they had so many people. Tens of thousands. Uh, there, there, no, there's we no, lost them to the game. Uh, there's no doubt about that because, as I said, everywhere I go, the most commonly asked question I get since I've been a rugby league administrator is when are you bringing back the bears? Uh, well, we have to cut it a bit short, but he does mention that the North Sydney Bears could come back, but uh, not in its own shape. May together with another franchise, either Papua New Guinea, and he mentioned Perth in it as well. So it'd be interesting to see, uh, follow that space. That was Peter Volandis. Thanks for joining us. See you tomorrow at five.